0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at WrestlingWithJonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of This Week in History. This week, we're going to look at the week of March 18th to 24th. I want to thank you for joining us, whether you're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get podcasts from, and of course, visually, we are on YouTube, Facebook and rumble new uh, streaming service that way. Uh, we've been on that for a few weeks. Be sure to check it out designed by Canadian for Canada and the rest of the world. It's somewhat of a competition to YouTube or could be a compliment to YouTube. We don't know uh, just yet. They're brand new, uh, but either way, it's another outlet for us to reach out to our fans and be interactive with I'll, Well, I also remind you, over on our Facebook page, the March Madness uh, Tournament for the Independent Wrestling is going on still. We just started the round of uh, 16, round number three, last 16 competitors from 64, and they are going to make it to the end of the month with finding who's going to be on top of that. We also want to remind you that the Predictions League year number two starts wrestlemania weekend which is next weekend we got stand and deliver and two nights of wrestlemania not going to go with ring of honor i'm thinking about adding ring of honor to the predictions league but that's a work in progress and we're uh going to see what else is going on at the time but it's a triple uh, shot happening predictions league go to our uh, facebook page for more details along with our website scumbagswrestling.ca and all the details are there You can win great prizes throughout the uh, season, have bragging rights, and you never know. Uh, It's also going to encourage you to watch more pay-per-views and have your fandom. But, like I said, we are here for history, and we can't do that until we go over to Niagara Falls. He was just out of screen for a second, but he's still here. And it's Jonesy. How are you, sir? I played you, man. Made you think
1: I was leaving again.
0: I know. Uh, hey, who knows? Uh, like I said, it is Friday. We're a day behind because, well, family and work obligations come first. But we want to make sure we uh, cover history. Got a lot to go through. But yeah, it's one of those evenings where staying inside and listening or watching uh, stuff about wrestling is a good uh, thing to do. So, Without further ado, if you want to start us off with some headlines.
1: All right. I'm almost there. There
0: I am. All right.
1: So it's March 18th, 20 years ago. I, I, I got a piece of chocolate in my mouth. It didn't go away soon enough. So on raw from Montreal, Quebec, Hulk Hogan returned to the red and yellow and received the seven plus minute ovation from the fans to start the show. Hulk Hogan and The Rock defeated The Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash by countout. Also on the show, Brock Lesnar made his WWF television debut, interrupting a hardcore championship match between Maven and Al Snow. With Lesnar uh, was a returning Paul Heyman, who was fired in the late uh, 2001 this show also had the ceo linda mcmahon announcement of the brand split and drafts
0: starting the following monday yeah i was listening to uh something to wrestle with and uh they were talking about uh, the different wrestlemanias and that and uh how at 18 the fans made hogan basically turn face he was going in there as a heel uh, with the NWO to go against the Rock. And the fans, just the way nostalgia is. And Bizarro Land in Toronto kind of changed things. And Rock and uh, Hogan yeah, changed their uh, matchup on the fly. And Rocky played the heel. But then they were both faces by the end of the whole thing. They knew they had, unfortunately, something uh, g- different. And I think that's why they threw out Hall and Nash to uh, go after Rock and Hogan at the end of that match. But... Bruce mentioned that he didn't, Hogan, pronouns pal, uh, Hogan did not have his red and yellow. He actually flew uh, from Montreal in the, uh, the WD Jet down to Florida because Hogan's wife wasn't around at the time to bring him the stuff. He flew down in the corporate jet, grabbed his uh, yellow and uh, red stuff, and flew back to Montreal in time for the show and he started the show off in the red and in the black and white got the 17-minute ovation but finished the night in the red and yellow teaming with uh the rock nice
1: i can't say i remember that uh i remember it happened but i can't remember if i actually seen that episode uh, so we're carrying on. 21 years ago, March 19th, 2001, WCW presented Monday Nitro. Eric Bischoff made an announcement that next edition of Nitro, a Night of Champions, would be the last on the Turner Networks. That wasn't the only bad news that night, as the fans had to sit through the last taping on Thunder. The main event was Scott Steiner and Jeff Jarrett defeating
0: Dustin Rhodes in a handicap match. Yeah, that's going to mm-hmm. put butts in seats yeah. or ra- ratings on the uh, tally. You wonder why Turner uh, canceled them. But, yeah, this uh, call, it, it was more of a call-in uh, Bischoff did with his pitcher on screen and Booker T basically introduced him and he was standing on the ramp the whole time that uh, Bischoff was talking. Uh, we are going to look at next week the final Nitro and the simulcast with Raw. Um, during that in our Monday Night Wars review.
1: And that we always look forward to because it's always fun talking about that. Um, March 19th, 2001, Rhino and Spike Dudley both made their WWF debuts. Also on the 19th, 2002, at a SmackDown taping, Rico would make his WWF main roster debut as the stylist to the then-tag-team champions Billy and Chuck. Kevin Nash and The Raw fought to a no-contest post-match The NWO got a new member, the returning X-Pac. And of course, we all remember Rico. He was... uh, on a episode of American Gladiators Plus, he um, was also a cop and I believe that's what he went back to, if I remember.
0: Yeah, in Las Vegas. I was yeah. gonna mention that.
1: Sorry, I took your thunder. That's all but good. We were talking SmackDown, so that's okay. 15 years ago, March 19, 2007, on Raw, ECW champion Bobby Lashley became the first man, officially, to win the Master Lock Challenge by breaking out of Chris Masters' submission hold. And now he does it himself. Nice. With the Hurt Lock. On the same show, Edge won a 10-man last-chance battle royal, last eliminating Ric Flair to enter the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 23. Seven years ago, March 19, 2015, WWE announced that legendary pro wrestler uh, Tatsumi Fujinami would be inducted into their Hall of Fame. Fujinami, a former WWF junior heavyweight champion and the protege of Antonio Noki, uh, won the IWGP heavyweight championship six times and former NWA Champion. 22 years ago, March 20th, 2000, on Raw's War, Triple H defeated The Rock and The Big Show in a triple threat match to retain the WWF Championship. After the match, Triple H received a shock from CEO Linda McMahon as she announced that the main event to WrestleMania would be a fatal four way match pitting Triple H, The Rock, The Big Show, and the unretired McFoley. And on top of that, there would be a McMahon in every wrestler's corner.
0: Yeah, uh, just briefly, uh, we normally just talk about uh, history, but it was also revealed today during an ESPN uh, interview that Triple H uh, had to retire officially. Um, I guess the heart problems that he had uh, months ago were really uh, damaging, and he has, like, a defibrillator and cannot uh, wrestle any longer. And so he finally made that official announcement earlier today. So, uh As we mentioned last week with the passing of Scott Hall, thanks for everything uh, with Scott, but now definitely thank you for everything Triple H. And that was one of the examples of how the McMahon-Helmsley era was shaping uh, things 22 years ago in WWE. And we are March 21st, 1995.
1: Taping of Raw featured the debut of Shawn Michaels' new talking segment, The Heartbreak Hotel. It would air on April 4th. 24 years ago, March 21st, 1998, WWF presented the Slammy Awards from the Westin Hotel in Chicago, Illinois. The show airing live on the USA Network and was the last Slammy Awards until
0: 2008. You want to run down the awards here? Some of the awards, or all the awards that happened, uh, depending on how far I go. New Sensation, Rocky Maivia. Best Dressed, Sable. Best Tattoo, Undertaker. Match of the Year, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match. Best Hair goes to Hunter Sumsley, The Loose Screw Award went to Mankind. Best Bowtie, well, there was no winner because Owen Hart just stole the Slammy to be a two-time Slammy Award winner. Good for him. Best entrance music, The Undertaker. Best finisher, Shawn Michaels with Sweet Chin Music. Best couple, Goldust and Marlena. Freedom of Speech Award went to Stone Cold Steve Austin, the star of the highest magnitude, whatever that means. Undertaker getting three slammies in one episode. Lifetime Achievement Award went to Arnold Skolan. And Miss Slammy was Sable with two Slammy Awards in the evening.
1: Well, if uh, RVD would have stuck around uh, earlier in the WWF, he could have got the star of the highest magnitude. Maybe. All right. 23 years ago, March 22nd, 1999, on Raw's War, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated the big show Paul White in his WWF in-ring debut. The opening segment of the show had Austin driving a beer truck down the aisle and treat... Vince McMahon. Shane McMahon and The Rock to a beer bath. Of course, Vince McMahon showed everyone how to swim in a, the shallow puddle of beer. Of course, a very classic uh, segment of Raw when Raw was really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and Austin uh, admitted to almost blowing his head off, trying to take a uh, drink of the beer that as it was coming out of the hose. But with the amount of pressure that was going on in that hose, didn't happen too much. Just a wonder about uh, the spray going on, uh, going beyond the ring and get wetting down the fans at ringside, including maybe children.
1: Yes. Now, mind you, it doesn't mean that it was actual beer that came out of that.
0: Well, if Steve's trying to take a swig of it. That was probably beer.
1: Well, maybe he didn't know it wasn't beer. Or maybe it's a non-alcoholic
0: beer. Maybe.
1: All right. So I did that one. 18 years ago, March 22nd, 2004, (laughs) WWE presented its first ever ever draft lottery on Raw. Each general manager from Raw and SmackDown, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman, each had a tumbler with the other show's roster. Each manager would pick six names from their bins. Any name picked out would be moved to the opposite show. Uh, Out of the six names picked by Bischoff, one named, one name picked by, oh, my God, one name picked was Heyman. So Heyman quit because he did not want to
0: work for Bischoff. What did you
1: think about that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I love uh, how they like to do those uh, type of swerves. I don't think he actually officially quit. But they uh, didn't quit on uh, TV. Uh, they did the same thing to JR, where they didn't think JR was uh, going to be uh, moving from Raw over to SmackDown, and then sure enough, he moved over to SmackDown, and the stunned look on his face on live TV was what they were looking for. So they did the same thing on this one with Heyman. Nice.
1: All right. Uh, 12 years ago, March 22nd, 2002, on TNA Impact, Jeff Jarrett defeated Mick Foley in a no-disqualification career versus career match. With the loss, Foley was fired from TNA. Of course, he wasn't really fired. He was just given a four-month break because TNA was quickly using his contracted number of matches. On his way out, Foley punches Bubba Bubba the Love Sponge and legitimately bloodies his nose and gives him a black eye.
0: Hogan probably liked that, in hindsight. Probably did it for Hogan.
1: Yeah. 21 years ago, March 23rd, 2001, WWF announces via press release they bought WCW and finally crushed the competition. 18 years ago, March 23rd, 2004, at a SmackDown taping, Kurt Angle announces he is the new general manager of SmackDown, replacing Paul Heyman, Also on the show, Bradshaw
0: introduces his new gimmick, John Bradshaw Layfield. I actually didn't mind that. Uh, It's a little J.R. Ewing-ish, but he was uh, going almost off by his uh, side gig. He was a financial uh, wizard and doing uh, Fox News and stuff like that. They just gave him the J.R. Ewing thing and uh, clipped his hair and made it normal instead of shoe polish black and it's probably the most successful uh move that he ever did make he's one
1: of those guys i would never guess would become a main eventer um i'm not i don't uh um i've never really liked his matches his style but uh he definitely is a uh big man and uh never forget that uh match he had with the undertaker at uh SummerSlam. yeah Uh, 18 years ago on, also on March 23rd, but in 2004, at a SmackDown taping Kurt Angle. You got that one. Oh, I did. See? Oh, wow. I got pretty far before. 19 years ago, March 24th, 2003, former WCW world champion Bill
0: Goldberg signs with WWE. And that concludes our headlines for this week. Now on to a superstar spotlight featuring Rick the Model Martell. We're celebrating a birthday awesome
1: one of my one of my favorites uh, i love rick martell uh richard vangnault uh, born march 18th 1956 is a canadian former professional wrestler trainer and television presenter best known by his ring name rick martell he's best known for his appearances with american wrestling association the wwf of course and wcw uh, championships held by Martel over the course of his career included the AWA World Heavyweight Championship, WCW World Television Championship, and WWF World Tag Team uh, Championship. I wish he did a little, Was they, they gave him a little more in uh, WCW. I, I think uh, he was great in the WWF, but uh, in WCW, he, he would have fit just perfectly on Saturday night. Give him the TV belt for a long time, not this, you know, back and forth. But at least he did get a championship because the best he could do in the WWF was a tag belt.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is, as well with that uh, thing with WCW, they might have had that idea, but he ended up hurting his back. And that's why they uh, had him drop it back to uh, Booker T. Um, We actually ran into Rick Martel along with... uh, Tatanka at the Western Fair one time, and it was amazing that they were able to be friends again after Tatanka lost his uh, feather to him. And I even brought that up, and they like we made up, we're good. But yeah, like you said, uh, a lot of tag team titles, three times uh, tag team champion in WWE. Two of them were with Tony Garea, and of course, most people our age would uh, remember more of strike force with uh Tito Santana. Mm-hmm. Um big moment at WrestleMania 5 when he came back after the injury. He was also taking care of his wife, I believe, and Tito accidentally uh forearmed him uh when I think it was Tully Blanchard ducked it in their WrestleMania 5 match and T uh, Rick walked off and we end up getting the model. and of After that, I think one of his better highlighted matches, people might think it still stinks, is the blindfold match that happened with um, Jake at WrestleMania. And uh, that was just a lot of really good uh, ring psychology. Uh, Yes, people can look closely and see that they had eye holes uh, meshed in there. But the pointing and getting the crowd going and clapping – they Act and stuff like that was really good uh, work of uh, the audience and the both Jake and Rick. It's unfortunate the back injury happened and he is one guy who is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. I think it's by choice unfortunately so it'll take a while before we can hopefully recognize Rick Martel for his F- contribution to wrestling.
1: And I want to know where the hell, like the arrogance it should be available,
0: yeah, and not in the bug spray, uh, atomizer I, I i I think it worked because of the that bug sprayer, well, eventually you did uh, have it like in a uh, hookah looking
1: uh, oh, yeah, with the little
0: sponge bottle. thingy. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Martell is from a family of wrestlers and made his professional debut at age 17 uh, when his brother, Michael, a wrestler, asked him to replace an injured wrestler. Uh, Martell already was a skilled amateur wrestler and quickly adapted to professional wrestling. Martell uh, wrestled throughout the world, uh, winning titles in Canada and Hart Stampede Wrestling and Vancouver-based NWA All-Star Wrestling. Uh, New Zealand, Japan, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico-based World Wrestling Council. Uh, His first real success in the United States came in the National Wrestling Alliance, Portland's affiliate Pacific Northwestern Wrestling, in 1979, where he became a top talent, holding the Canadian and PNW tag team titles simultaneously. He left PNW on August 16th, 1980, when he lost a Loser Leaves Town match to Buddy Rose. Uh, uh, Martell also served as a stint as a booker for a wrestling territory in Hawaii, where he would help the promotion set up matches and construct the storylines that would play out inside and out of the ring. And that's just a little bit about uh, Rick Martell. Now on to some other birthdays that happened this week. Yes, other birthdays. March 18th would have been the 96th birthday to legendary wrestling announcer Lance Lainier Russell. Uh, He passed away at the age of 91 in 2014. Russell was renowned for his relaxing wrestling style and a legendary announcer in the Memphis Territory from 1959 to 1997. He also announced for the Continental Wrestling Association and would serve as an announcer for WCW from 1989 to 1992 and would work weekly Monday night bouts at the Mid-South Coliseum as well for Smoky Mountain Wrestling in its later years before going into semi-retirement in 1997. Russell was the ring announcer in the 1999 Annie Kaufman film Man on the Moon. Russell did the commentary for the real Lawler Kaufman match. The commentary can be found on the WWE DVD release uh, Greatest Wrestling Stars of the 80s. All right, more birthdays. March 18th, EC3 turns 39. Uh, and if I didn't mention, Rick the Murder Murder turned 66. Uh, And Vanessa Bourne turns 34. On the 19th, uh, we got Rick McGraw, who would have turned 67. Jimmy Havoc, who turns 38. Matt Seidel, 39. And March 19th, it's a happy 35th birthday to April Jeanette Brooks, a.k.a. A.J. Lee. Born April Jeanette Mendez in Union City, New Jersey, Brooks met then WWF Diva Lita at age 12 at an autograph signing. Uh, She competed in the third season of NXT, is a former WWE Diva's champion, and married to CM Punk. Uh, And and I always say, out of all the ladies that have ever been through the WWF, I, I think she's the top as far as just good looking, just a...
0: Yeah, AJ was one of my uh, favorites, especially in that era. And she uh, could
1: vessel, that was the thing. Like, uh, yeah. she was small, but she could hold, hold her own as far as believing that, okay, yeah, she can she can get out of that situation.
0: Yeah, she was uh, stuck in that middle uh, era in a way because there were still a lot of divas going on. And if she'd been a little bit sooner, she would have been with Trish, Lita and ivory and jackie she'd been a little bit later she would have been with charlotte becky alexa bliss uh bailey and everybody else that are around right now unfortunately she was in that middle age of diva ish Mm -hmm.
1: well hopefully she does return at some point for a uh, match or a run somewhere uh, March twentieth, Sting turns sixty three, and he's still rocking it in the ring. At least I assume he's rocking it. Uh, why would yeah, the man spinal... still
0: perform in the ring? Even with spinal stenosis, he, I guess he jumped uh, recently off a uh, balcony through a couple tables on uh, a recent AEW show.
1: Well, maybe he's going. You know what? Um, I'm going to keep doing this until I physically my body w- won't let me. Seems like it. Uh, March twentieth, Matt Taven uh, turns thirty-seven. And title changes. Thirty-seven years ago, March eighteenth, nineteen eighty-five, in North Carolina, Ivan and Nikita Koloff defeated Manny Fernandez and Dusty Rhodes to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Also on the 18th, but in 2001, Alex Skipper and Kid Romeo defeated the Filthy Animals, Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. in a tournament final to win the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Championship.
0: Yep, a title that lasted uh, title reigns for Alex Skipper and Kid Romeo, and then losing them to Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio. I think that was on the last Nitro, and then the belts were never seen again. And, folks, if you want to go back and see what Ray looks like without a mask, that's your era to do so. There you go.
1: Uh, Sticking with the 18th uh, and the same show, uh, Helms defeated Chavo Guerrero Jr. to win the WCW World Cruiserweight Championship. And Booker T would defeat Rick Steiner to win the the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. 11 years ago, on March 18th, 2011, Extreme Tiger defeated Carlito Caribbean Cool, L.A. Park, and El Messias in an elimination match to win the 2011 Triple A Ray de Rays tournament. 10 years ago, on that same day, but in 2012, El Hijo de pero Aguaro uh, defeated Hector Larza. Jack Evans in L.A. Park in an elimination match to win the 2012 A ray de Reyes Tournament. 79 years ago on March 19, 1943, El Santo defeated uh, Mercy Largo. Bella Correz, to win the Mexican National Middleweight Championship for the first time. And 33 years ago, on March 19, 1989, in Tokyo, the AJW would crown a new champion after Eric Shishido defeated Manami Toyota to win the vacated AJW Singles Championship title. Shishido would go on to great fame in Japan as AJ Kong.
0: Yeah, and she even appeared on one of the first uh, events for AEW. Uh, so still going strong, Asha Kong is, and that was 33 years ago.
1: Uh, da, 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 and I think I met 30 years ago, March 19, 1992, in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. El Hijo de Santo defeated Esperanto Jr. to win the WWA World Welterweight Championship. On March 19, 2001, Edge and Christian would win the WWF Tag Titles after defeating the Hardy Boys, only to lose them an hour later to the Dudley Boys. And on that same event, defeated the Big Show um, to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. Do you remember who won it? Because it's not there. <laughs> yeah, no. That's a oh,
0: well. question.
1: Somebody defeated the Big Show. Actually, something tells me it was Big Boss Man. Or sorry, boss. The boss. Could be. Uh, 20 years ago, March 19, 2002, at a SmackDown taping in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, William Real defeated Diamond Dallas Page by submission to win the WWF European Championship. Also on the 19th, 2011, Eddie Edwards defeated Roderick Strong to win the ROH World Championship. <coughs>
0: And Edwards is still going strong uh, working over in uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, and just recently joined the group of uh, Ring of Honor or Honor No More, uh, people who just joined the company after the somewhat downfall, restructuring of uh, and sale of Ring of Honor. No, thank you for that, Sean.
1: March twenty first, nineteen ninety one, the Steiner brothers Rick and Scott defeated Hiroshi Haas and Kenzuki Sasaki to win the I.W.G.P. Tag Team Championship. Forty one years ago, March twenty second, nineteen eighty one, in Greensboro, Paul Jones and the Mass Superstar defeated Ray Stevens and Ivan Koloff to win the N.W.A. World Tag Team
0: Championship. For those unaware of who the Mass Superstar was. That was Bill Eadie, also known as Axe of Demolition. And he was also, I think, uh, a superstar machine or big machine uh, during the machines era.
1: Yes, I think you're right. Uh, He also seems like a very smart
0: guy. Man, he's still going around uh, doing autograph sessions with Mm -hmm. Barry Darso as Demolition. Seems
1: like a really nice man, too. Uh, Kind of reminds me of um, George Animal Steel, as far as his demeanor. I can see that. Uh, March 22nd, 2004, Samoa Joe defeated Xavier by submission to win the ROH championship, holding it for a record 645 days. Also on the 22nd in that same show, Batista, or sorry, a different show, but same day, Uh, Batista and Ric Flair defeated Booker T and Rob Van Dam to win the World Tag Team Championship. Wow, that was a great ROH show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Flair and Batista on it.
1: 11 years ago, uh, March 22nd, 2003, at a SmackDown taping, Wade Barrett defeated Kofi Kingston to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. 38 years ago, March 23rd, 1984, in Singapore, Ric Flair defeated Harley Race to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship three days after he lost the title to race in New Zealand. Neither of the title changes are recognized by
0: the NWA or WWE. So then did it really happen?
1: It never did.
0: And that's why people say Ric Flair is more than a 16-time world champion. Ah, there you go. Because of that uh, one and other events that that happened at. See, that's why you keep records. It didn't happen, but it did.
1: Uh, 30 years ago, March twenty third, 1992, in Memphis, Brian Christopher defeated Jimmy Valiant to win the USWA Southern Heavyweight Championship for the first of 25 reigns.
0: <laughs> Half as many as
1: was dead. Uh, 14 years ago, March 23rd, 2008, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Giant Bernard to win the 2008 New Japan Cup and an IWGB Heavyweight Championship match. Tanahashi would fail in his title match against Shinzuki Nakamura a week
0: later. Yeah, and those that are not aware, uh, Tanahashi had taken the title, uh, we said, from Giant Bernard, and that is A-Train... Or, uh, Tenzai Matt Bloom, who is now a uh, high official and trainer uh, with NXT, uh,
1: could talk all day long about how bad they execute. Prince Albert. Uh, Tenzai mm-hmm. and Prince Albert. I mean, again, talented guy gets over in another country, goes to the WWFE, and just they didn't even give him a chance as ten it's like why did he even bother dressing him up and giving him that name when you revealed before he even like take takes anything off that hey this guy was Prince or like okay well you just fucked that guy
0: yeah lost his credibility unfortunately imagine they did
1: that with kane oh by the way that cool guy that just came down yeah we're gonna ruin his career
0: it never happened <laughs> he was the former diesel or dentist Yes, that's
1: right. Uh, do 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 do. Uh, twenty years ago, March twenty fourth, two thousand and two, in Japan, Marshiro Chono and Hiroshi Tenzan uh, defeated Yuji Nagata and Manabu uh, Natakanashi in a tournament final to win the vacated IWGP Tag Team Championship. Combo. I nailed those names pretty good. 19 years ago, March 24, 2003, on Raw, Chief Morley declares himself one half of the world tag team champions when William Regal is stripped of his half of the titles due to what was thought to be a stomach virus but turned out to be a serious heart condition
0: that would keep him out of action for more than a year. On last runs of uh, Chief Morley, and now he's... Uh, definitely. Uh, advocate for uh, marijuana smoking has been for years down in the United States, and I think he's like a libertarian, uh, political advocate hmm. down there. Even though he's a Canadian by birth, but he's has made... any
1: has he made any more um fictitious porn movies of late?
0: Not that I'm aware of. All right.
1: Uh, Big events. 27 years ago, March 18th, 1995, ECW presented Extreme Warfare from ECW Arena in Philadelphia. 21 years ago, March 18th, 2001, WCW presented the final piece of crap uh, pay-per-view greed from the Jacksonville Memorial Coliseum in Jackson, Florida. 5,000, a little over 5,000 people were in attendance with just
0: 50,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Yeah, we looked at some of the title changes that happened uh, during that and the uh, crowning of the Cruiserweight Champion, Uh, but we also saw Dustin and Dusty Rhodes uh, teaming together against uh, Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair. And because of the loss, Jarrett had to kiss Dusty's donkey ass. Yes, that's an actual thing and the main event saw scott steiner defeat and banished ddp from wcw you know it, it's kind of it somewhat makes sense
1: because the, the last few months especially this pay-per-view it's like they completely digressed to their early 90s late 80s roots of How you try to get a match over by bringing in a donkey so that the loser has to kiss its ass. And it's just like, you know, that's fine for a small show, but you're supposed to be a huge promotion. And, wow, you're just fucking the dog now. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, now that
0: we've shit all over WCW's grave. Oh, we'll do it a few more times because there's some uh, Uncensored coming up. Oh, excellent. 16 years ago today, March 18th,
1: 2006, WWE aired Saturday Night's Main Event. This was the first return of Saturday Night's Main Event since November 92. Uh, there was a drinking contest be- uh, between Stone Cold Steve Austin and John, John
0: Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah, Shane McMahon defeated uh, yes. Shawn Michaels by submission in a street fight. Vince called for the bell when Shane had Sean in the sharpshooter. Oh, my God, dude. we you see that coming from Montreal or not? Mm-hmm. Yes, they redid it, and this time Sean was the victim.
1: Yeah, and that show, that would have been a show I would have, you know, I wish I uh, could go back in time and go to that show because it was in the Cobo Hall, and uh, I remember I, I, I was in Cobo Hall, but it was because the door was open uh at the detroit auto show and went into Cobo hall and to see wrestling there it's just it's it's one of those places where it doesn't matter where you're sitting you'd be like right on top of everyone just a nice small
0: tight uh place to do um a great show yeah i never uh, made it there it was in the parking lot beside it um So looking at more crapping on WCW, 27 years ago in March 1995, WCW presented Uncensored 95. It was voted the worst major wrestling show of that year by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter fans. Fans would uh, be given the shaft with this ultimate surprise of Hogan that ended up uh, being the debut of The Ultimate Warrior, but the debut of his clone, The Renegade. We also saw Blacktop Bully defeat uh, Dustin Rhodes in the King of the Road match. It was a 53-foot flatbed uh, that had a cage built around it, sections uh, throughout it with hay and weapons and everything, and helicopters flying over above, and it was uh, filmed uh, like a week earlier. And it got, I guess, so bloody that they had to actually edit an uncensored match and it costs them their jobs. Who knows? This is where we have problems. Uncensored, but we'll censor a match. Make up your melon. Yeah. The rest of the card saw uh, Ming defeat uh, Duggan in a martial arts match. Johnny B. defeated Arn Anderson in a boxer versus wrestler uh, match via knockout in 22 seconds of the third round. The Nasty Boys defeated Harlem Heat in a Texas Tornado match. And the main event saw Hogan defeat Vader in a leather strap match, even though Flair was the man tied to the strap at the end of the match. The rumored reason for this was because Hogan nor Vader wanted to do the clean job for the other. And why not throw in Flair? This is uncensored. This is WCW.
1: And see, this is nice to have the coolest notes because um, I watched that match I don't know, in the last six months. And that explains why the ending was one of those
0: WCW endings. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Too many egos and too much creative control given to the egomaniacs. Yep. Uh, We got another.
1: Uh, uh, WCW uh, presented the final uncensored 2000 on March 19th. Uh, we had Norman Smiley and the Kiss Demon defeat Lenny Lane and Rave. And we pre-mentioned the um, WCW Hardcore uh, belt and the World Tag Team belt changing hands. Dustin Rhodes defeated Terry Funk in a Bull rope match. Uh, Sting defeated the Total Package in a Lumberjacks with cast match. Yikes. And Hulk Hogan defeated Ric Flair in a Yaya
0: Yayavepe Indian Strat match. Yeah, bye-bye, India Start Match. I hated when they kept on saying that uh, word. Uh, yeah. It was just really awkward. And, of course, to imagine lumberjacks with casts on. They might as well just add a whole whack load of uh, Cowboy Bob Orton's up there.
1: You know, I would understand if they call it the Cowboy Bob Orton uh, Lumberjack Match or something like that.
0: That would make sense.
1: Uh, 11 years ago, March nineteenth, two 2011, Ring of Honor presented Manhattan Mayhem 4 from New York. And nine years ago, uh, March 19, 2013, Teenage taped one night only, Hardcore Justice 2. Uh, I don't know how it can be one night only when it's a part two, but hey, this event would not air until three and a half months later.
0: Yeah, and they also taped it one night only. Mm -hmm. event called tournament of champions 2013 and the show show featured a one-night tournament of past tna world champions bobby Roode would win the tournament and the losers that were also former champions included cowboy james storm mr anderson samoa joe jeff hardy austin aries kurt angle bully ray and sting They just, like, seem to stockpile these things. And this era... Anderson.
1: Sorry, I was a little late on that.
0: Mr. Anderson. Yeah, it's just weird how they were able to stockpile all these and just put them up randomly uh, month to month as a... Well, sort of their in-your-house versions, which they do uh, now sort of those events on their own streaming uh, service uh, at least once a month as well.
1: Hmm. Uh, 28 years ago, March 20th, 1994, WWF presented WrestleMania 10. 10 years in the making, this would be the first of WrestleMania without Hulk Hogan. It would feature two WWF championship bouts, uh, the first televised ladder match in company history, and the last afternoon pay-per-view event and uh, i will say out of all the wrestlemanias this is definitely would be in my top three
0: yeah it's definitely up there uh probably my top five uh for sure uh not sure if it makes the top three but you can't go wrong with (laughs) an opening match of uh brett versus owen and owen picking up the victory even though brett then walks up with the title at the end of the show
1: 31 years ago, March 21st, 1991, WCW New Japan presented WCW New Japan Super Show, aka Super Brawl 91 from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. IWGP heavyweight champion uh, Tatsumi Fujinami defeated WCW world champion Ric Flair to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And this is one that we did already mention, and there was just a big old. They, they oh, no, we didn't
0: mention this one. This That was a Harley uh, and uh, Flair I- issue with the titles and not being a situation with uh, Fujinami and Flair and the recognition of the title changes. Because in Japan, the NWA title and the WCW title were not considered the same title. Um WCW still had a working relationship with the NWA. So, technically, the NWA are saying that Fujinami won their title, but WCW said he didn't win their title. Once again, weird. Um, So, WCW ended uh, dumping... uh, Flair had dumped over the top rope for a DQ for the WCW title, but not the NWA title. So, the match continued, and Fujinami pulled out the victory for the Japan audience. This is another weird ending uh, to the match due to the fact that the match was aired in North America the following month. Players' WCW world title was not on the line, yet on the American version of the show, the match was considered a title versus title bout. And I'm still confused even after reading that a couple times over.
1: Basically, and WCW have done it before, where um, they basically, it's the same footage, but Japan edited it for their purposes, and WCW edited it for their purposes, so both stars could look good on both sides. You'd just be confused if you actually watched it and went, wait a minute. Exactly. Yeah. So, hopefully that clears it all up. Oh, the phone lines are still ringing. Oh, 22 years uh, today, March 21st, 1999, ECW presented Living Dangerously. And 11 years ago, on that same day in 2010, TNA presented Destination X. And 18 years ago, on March 22nd, 2003, at ROH, Night of Champions in Philadelphia. Twenty-five years ago, March twenty-third, nineteen ninety-seven, WWF presented WrestleMania thirteen heat. This mania is the lowest buy rate for a WrestleMania ever, pre-WWE network, of course, and the building wasn't a sellout.
0: No, if you go to Grill and Jr., he uh, does a good rundown of this uh, show where uh, it's basically headlined. Unofficially by a, uh, well, it's headlined by Sid against Undertaker, and they their secondary thing was supposed to be the Chicago street fight because they were in Chicago. But almost like WrestleMania 18, the real main event and show stealer was a non-title match. 18 had uh, Hogan Rock, and 13 had Brett Austin. That could have closed out the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a, a, a definitely good match. Uh, 31 years ago, I already did that. Oh, no, this is the Stars and Stripes one. You want to do that one?
0: Sure. Uh, Deputy I presented uh, WrestleMania 7. I actually watched this during my history class, thanks to Mr. Gooder. Nice. Good
1: uh, in high
0: school. Superstars and Stripes forever. Their pay-per-view audience would drop from 160,000 the previous year. And they had moved uh, the event to the 92,000 LA Memorial uh, Coliseum to the LA Sports Arena next door. Some say this move was due to security concerns. Others say it was uh, because of uh, ticket sales were slow. It's actually a mixture of both. Once again, something to wrestle with. Uh, They did a mega-sode putting a bunch of them that they'd already previously talked to about uh, together so you could listen to like seven hours straight, and when it came to WrestleMania 7, um, the security concerns were definitely uh, there, because the U.S. government was willing to pay for security for the Super Bowl, but not for WrestleMania, Hmm. and it would have cost millions of dollars for Vince to secure that. It was during the start of the Gulf War and everything going on that way, and I think by the time it ended, uh, and the Gulf War, or that sort of stuff ended by the time WrestleMania happened, but with all the planning and the cost, they had to uh, move it over to the LA Sports Arena. Plus, because of the theme of everything going on with the Iraqi uh, sympathizer and that, people were turned off from attending the event with that in mind. So it was a mixture of attendance, uh, ticket sales, and security that formed them having to go to the LA Sports Arena and... Yeah, I still enjoyed that show. A lot of people uh, crap on it, but... I think this is, like,
1: that event was probably Hogan's last good good match in the WWF. And maybe even all the shit he did in WCW. Because him and Surgeon Slaughter, it it was old school, but it was very entertaining, and Slaughter... People hated him, and uh he had death threats. He was fan. He was fan. Yeah, I know. But he he was fantastic. Uh It's kind of like now what's going on. Where's where, where where where's the Russian? Where's the bad Russian?
0: Yeah, I don't know if they I know. Can it's go different there. nowadays. Yeah. I do. But- I know <laughs> beforehand. Yeah, it always used to be some sort of evil. Uh, whatever the evil of the real world was, was a character in the wrestling world. Um, also on that card was a fantastic uh, match between Bossman and uh, Perfect, where Bossman was such, so athletic at that one. And of course, you cannot forget the reunion of uh, Savage and Elizabeth after an amazing career uh, versus career uh, Savage Warrior match, where. Savage brought out the best in Warrior uh, for that match as well. That could have uh, stole, well, did steal the show in my case, but that could have main evented just as much as we said about Hogan, Austin. I mean, Hogan and Rock and Austin and Hurt. Savage uh, Warrior could have been the main event of WrestleMania Seven.
1: Uh, do, 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 do. 26 years ago, March 24th, 1996, WCW presented another uncensored 96. About 9,000 were in attendance for this shit show of a main event. Its pay-per-view numbers were up, but it would be voted the worst major show of the year by Wrestling Observer Newsletter for the second straight year. In a WCW main event pre-show match, the Steiners uh, fought the Nasty Boys to a no contest, Conan defeated Andy Guerrero to retain the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. After this, it all went to hell with such beauty matches of Colonel Robert Parker uh, defeating Medusa in an intergender match. The Booty Man defeated Diamond Dallas Page. Poor DDP. The Giant defeated Lock Mask. Sting and Booker T defeated the Road Warriors Hawk and Animal in a Chicago Street fight. And the mega powers Hulk Hogan, the Randy Savage defeated the Alliance to end Hulkamania. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ming, the barbarian Lex Luger, the taskmasker, the gangsta and the ultimate solution with woman, Miss Elizabeth and Jimmy Hart in a three tier doomsday cage match with rules that were kind of a mystery. Uh, Now, Sean, you don't have to explain the rules because there really wasn't any, but, um, What did you think of that match? It was cool. Uh, You know, the big cage and the ring and then the other ring, you know, in the center of the arena, but the match.
0: Yeah, they had this, uh, where the staging would be was the triple cage and loaded two wrestlers into every uh, section of the cage because one layer was divided into two. But then Z Gangsta and uh, The Ultimate Solution weren't out there at the time for the whole match. Hogan and Savage made their way through and then somehow in the ring and then they went back to the other uh, cage where the ring was and more brawling happened because all the other ones came out of their cages. I don't know. And Beefcake (laughs) saved the day with uh, pie plates. I thought it was frying pans. Yeah, that sounded like pie plates. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah,
1: they were like, you know, the dollar store ones that oh, you yeah. get for, you know, if you're going to use it. So, regular. yeah, if
0: anybody can figure out what that actually was, yeah, that would be the really big question to ask anybody who was in charge of WCW or even commentating for WCW, like a Tony Schiavone at the time, to go, what were they thinking and why? how did you make your way through this whole thing uh, to begin with? Um, yeah, train wrecks. Galore with uncensored Uh, i think we're going to actually skip through the monday night wars there really wasn't anything huge that happened uh during that episode versus each other uh bigger episode is going to be on next week's with the demise of wcw so we can uh, skip down to the remaining birthdays and wrap up with our uh superstar spotlight on the undertaker and call it a evening all righty, birthdays March 21st. We got a
1: bunch of them, actually, three. Chris Candido would have turned 50 years old, uh, Killer Kelly turns 30, and it would have been the 115th birthday of the man known as the father of Lucha Libre, Salvador Lutherio. Oh, sorry, yeah, Luther Gonzalez. There, I think that's better. March 22nd, Babe Presley turns 26. On the 23rd, Jesse Gordy turns 43. Also on the 23rd, it's a happy 51st birthday for Hiroshi Yamamoto, a.k.a. Hiroshi Tenzan. And March 24th is loaded, Lana, a.k.a. CJ Perry, turns 37. Delangelo De Niro turns 44. Jake Hagar of AEW turns 40. Christopher Daniels turns 51. Barry Horowitz turns a young 62. Uh, Epico Cologne is 40. And Lacey Evans is 32. And I've seen some old uh, pictures of Barry Horowitz, and uh, he looks like just a nice older gentleman.
0: Yeah, he's still in uh, good shape and uh, keeping uh, involved with the wrestling business, uh, doing different appearances. But yeah, he can give himself a good pat in the back. Happy right. And do you want to do the Superstar Spotlight? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's on The Undertaker, born March 24th, 1965, just turned 57 years old. Uh, his real name is Mark William Calloway and has uh, gone by the lord of darkness and a bunch of other uh, names uh, the undertaker is an american uh, actor and retired professional wrestler widely regarded as one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time he spent the vast majority of his career wrestling for wde as best known for his dead man character whether it's biker or uh the evil and uh, the big evil he remains employed by WWE. uh though through a 15-year contract signed in 2019 uh so a lot of people know that he started his career in uh 87 working under other gimmicks uh, in uh, world uh, class championship wrestling and also with uswa Uh, i was in uh, wcwa texas and went through all the system finally made his way to wcw Uh, was part of the Skyscrapers, eventually was managed by Paul Heyman, and he wasn't really happy. I think even uh, Ole Anderson had told him that he's not going to make a dime uh, and draw anybody, and so he sort of knew where his place was going to be in the wrestling world, according to Ole Anderson. Paul Heyman actually uh, advocated for him and uh, called up WWE and uh, people like Bruce Prichard he'd also made uh, contact with hogan being part of uh Suburban commando so he was getting his ins uh, along the way he ended up getting injured and vince grand didn't want to end up seeing him but then uh they had a show in the area where vince was so he met up with him, loved him from the start and boom he got hired the rest is history He got brought in uh managed by brother love also known as Kane the Undertaker when he first started. Uh, then uh, due to obligations for uh, Bruce, they uh, transferred him over to Percy Pringle, uh, who had managed him as uh, Texas Red against Bruiser Brody in WCCW for the, his debut match. But, yeah, we saw the uh, life and career go on with Undertaker and Paul Bearer. The greatest story possibly ever told, Um beyond Savage and Elizabeth being uh, Undertaker and his brother Kane, and Kane's alive, and the return of his brother from the death, uh, supposedly, and refusing to face him. They faced each other a few times at WrestleMania. Uh, the streak uh, that happened, his WrestleMania record is 25-2, and two, losing only to uh, Brock Lesnar, which he shouldn't have, uh, but he was also knocked silly on that one. He probably should have lost to a Bray Wyatt or somebody who deserved or needed the push. Uh, His other loss was to Roman Reigns. Um, I
1: agree with the Brock Lesnar loss. I
0: don't agree with the Roman Reigns loss. Well, by that time, the loss didn't matter.
1: Uh, It, It did, though, at least to me. It's like, okay, you let him have this huge streak and... All of a sudden, what, because he's old? I understand Brock Lesnar. Look at Brock Lesnar. He's a freaking beast. But Roman Reigns, no offense to Roman Reigns, but he, he ain't Roman. no damn Brock Lesnar. And it's like, I can believe that the character Brock Lesnar could beat The Undertaker. But I don't believe that Seth Rollins, sorry, that other guy can, can't, can beat what they built as The Undertaker.
0: Yeah, uh, that was uh, just building up uh, him. Unfortunately, I think uh, Way Taker stayed a little bit past to where he should have been because he had the horrible match with Goldberg in Saudi Arabia, along with the Brothers of Destruction against DX in Saudi Arabia. Just train wrecks that you want to kind of uh, forget and uh, move past. But he was managed by Percy Pringle and Paul Bear, the same guy. Uh, Paul Heyman and Brother Love. Married to uh, WD diva Michelle McCool, he worked as Texas Red, The Punisher, The Master of Pain, Dice Morgan, Mean Mark Callis, and Commando, all before landing with this Undertaker gimmick that uh, has lasted f- over 30 years. Uh, looking quickly at some of his uh, achievements and awards, one-time USWA Unified World Heavyweight Champion, one-time WCWA Texas Heavyweight Champion, four-time WWE WF Champion, three-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion, one-time Hardcore Champion, six-time World Tag Team uh, Champion with various partners uh, along the way, one-time WCW Tag Team Champion. That was the WWE version of WCW because it was Brothers of Destruction that got them before they got uh, retired those belts. The 2007 Royal Rumble winner and 15 Slammy Awards in total. Wrestling Observer Newsletter uh, said he had the best gimmick from 1990 to 94. Match of the year in 2009 and 2010 against Shawn Michaels, uh, both WrestleManias, that they fought each other. Worst match I mentioned with uh, DX against the Brothers of Destruction. And the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, good old Dave Meltzer, putting him into his Hall of Fame voted by the fans supposedly in 2004. So, huge career uh, for Mark Calloway, who was supposed to do nothing, basically. And this next weekend, leading into WrestleMania next Friday, a week from today, he'll be taking his rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame and only the second person to be inducted into the Hall of Fame by Vince McMahon. Usually Vince is behind the scenes and he uh, changed his mind and did Austin because of the uh, amazing uh, work that they did together and the great father-son sort of relationship that he has with Mark Calloway, even though eh, the age is uh, close to being father-son, I guess. But they have, or have that close bond that there really was nobody else that could induct The Undertaker uh, except for maybe Kane because Paul Bear is dead. And maybe Bruce Pritchard could have, but it's rightfully, I guess, Vince McMahon. Storyline wise, the, the
1: million dollar man could.
0: True. But I don't think they had a big connection to each no, other. No, no, no.
1: I meant storyline wise. because Storyline
0: wise, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that concludes our uh, list of uh, birthdays, title changes, headlines. And we have a bunch of other things coming up. I'll let uh, Chris uh, do our regular credits and thank yous and do a couple of reminders before we sign off. All right. So, of course, it's a happy birthday to the
1: American Badass. And that is it for this week. This week in wrestling history is compiled, of course, from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CageSightSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And as always, a big thank you to our sponsor, CoolBet, CoolBet.com, and sportsbook betting in casino games. Stay cool and bet responsibly. And, as always, a thanks and to a shout-out to our Johnson uh, Johnners listeners.
0: Yeah, so we're always thankful for everybody, regardless of where you're listening and watching from. And uh, for those in Ontario, uh, specifically, we are in round number three of the March Madness, the final 16 of 64. We're wrapping up at the end of the week, I believe. Uh, it should be uh, April 1st by the time this ends you can decide who's going to uh, be ranked number one by the fan vote because we've had Scumbag Yates and two-time uh, Tyson Dukes. And number four will happen at the next week. And also uh, look to our website, scumbagswrestling.ca, for information on the uh, Predictions League. It's fun. You get prizes and bragging rights. Uh, All-Starts WrestleMania weekend with year number two. So until then, thanks a lot, everybody, for being with us, and we'll see you next week with more history.